Homage to Sakyamuni Buddha. Homage to His Holiness Lama Achuk Rinpoche. Homage to His Holiness Gelwe Nyugu Rinpoche. Let's raise bodhicitta to benefit countless suffering sentient beings. May all beings have happiness and all the causes of happiness. May they be free from suffering and all the causes of suffering. May they never be separated from the great happiness, devoid of suffering, and forever dwell in the great equanimity, free from attachment and aversion. To sacred bodhisattva, the precious and excellent mind, where it is not, may it arise, where it is, may it never decline, consistently growing, rising higher and higher. We start with renunciation now. To date, we have painted a brief overall picture of Mahayana Buddhism. And in that, we have mentioned renunciation and bodhicitta and wisdom emptiness. And so now we'll start with renunciation. Possibly, I'll double up with bodhicitta. We see how we go. But let's first start here with renunciation. Ultimately, what we need to do is renounce or give up this attachment to truly existing phenomena or a truly existing self. When we do that, then our five poisons decrease and our karmic seeds also decrease. As long as discriminatory thoughts or negative emotions, afflictive emotions are being liberated as they arise or as long as we have the motivation or negative motivations, we will plant karmic seeds in our continuous mind stream. Through the ability of our growing awareness, we become better and better at liberating these arising thoughts, these negative arising thoughts or these negative arising motivations. The better we become, the quicker we're able to recognize that the thoughts are arising and then we become more and more able to liberate them and we can liberate them much quicker. They don't have so much power of us anymore. And this is also very important, especially at the time of death, because those thoughts that are arising at the time of death are going to have a very big influence on us and it may have a big influence on our next rebirth. And so what we're practicing during our life is more likely what is going to arise in our mind near the time of death or at the time of death. And also what's going to influence it is our ability to have that awareness of these negative arising thoughts and our ability to be able to transform them or to liberate them, to let them go. And how do we do this? By training our mind. Repeatedly cultivating, changing our mind through our mindfulness and awareness. By repeatedly practicing the four points that turn the mind and bodhicitta. And the four points that turn the mind are the preciousness of human life, impermanence and death, the defects of samsara and the infallibility of cause and effect. 
In the beginning, we say we need to give up our attachment to truly existent phenomena and a truly existent self. This, however, takes time. This is the end result. However, to get there, to be able to realize this, we need to follow the step-by-step -step practices. There are only a very few practitioners that are able to do this very quickly from the outset. And so what are the step-by-step -step practices? Is as we mentioned earlier, the practice of renunciation and the practice of bodhicitta. Many people think that renunciation means giving up all material objects, all your possessions. It means giving up your family and your children, giving up your job, and that for the rest of your life, you must walk around with a begging bowl, and this is all you're allowed to have, and wear a few rags or just a few clothes. This is not the case. In the time of Milarepa, there was one student who was really so impressed with Milarepa, and he said, I'm going to become just like you, Milarepa. And he was said, I'll go and give away all my possessions and I'll start practicing. I'll go and meditate in the cave. And Milarepa said, no, no, don't be so hasty. First, get used to the practices before you decide to do this. But the student thought, no, I can do this. Uh, and off he went and he went and gave away all his possessions to all the local village people. And he went into a cave. And for three or four days, he was doing well. By the time the fifth day came, this wasn't so great. By the sixth day, it really wasn't happy at all. By the seventh day, he said, no, I can't do this. And he left the cave and he had to go back to his fellow villagers and ask if he could have some of his possessions back so that he could maintain his living. <laughs> so don't go and think now that you are practicing the Buddha Dharma and that you are now going to practice renunciation, go and give everything away. There are a few people that are possibly able to do this. This is, however, the exception rather than the rule. And if you can do it, of course, if you are free of all of these material objects, it does help your practice because you don't have those objects around that for which, for which you give rise to these attachments. So this can help your practice. If you're in a position or an environment where you don't have all of these distractions, the distractions that usually give rise to your attachment, your greed, your desire, or your anger, jealousy, or pride. However, renunciation is really about giving up our five afflictions, giving up our ignorance, our attachment, our pride, our jealousy, and our anger. The objects themselves, they don't cause us suffering. What causes us suffering are these five afflictions and, the, and our attitude towards these material objects. So either we dislike the objects or we are attached to the objects and so the problem is not the object, the problem is our attitude, our discrimination, our afflictive emotions projected onto those material objects. 
Some people in the beginning may be quite distraught. They think this Lama, he wants to give, wants me to give up every single happiness to practice this Dharma. This is not the case. What we really want to give up is all the causes, all those attitudes, those five afflictions that cause us unhappiness or cause us discomfort and cause unhappiness and discomfort for others. How do we do this? By gradually cultivating, training our mind. Cultivating our mind in the four points that turn the mind, the preciousness of human life, impermanence and death, the infallibility of cause and effect, and the defects of samsara. Gradually training our mind in meditation so that we develop our mindfulness and awareness. And we can also do it through mantras. By practicing mantras, we decrease our mind being preoccupied with all of these mundane perceptions, with all of these five afflictions. And this can also help create a peaceful state of mind. In essence, the practice of the mantras is similar to that of practicing meditation. It's helping us to develop our mindfulness and awareness and stay in the present. Gradually, through these practices, through cultivating our mind and training our mind, we will start to notice that we don't need so many material possessions. In fact, we need very little to be peaceful and tranquil and to have a joyful state of mind.